Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 30. Glad you could join us. Today's episode is marked by many of the things I love about working for Colby. The creativity, collaboration, growth, and energy at this place is as inspiring as it is contagious. We hope that this episode will provide a taste of some of the goings-on behind the scenes during this extraordinary year, and will provide a framework for what to look forward to on the horizon. As we see it, we've only just begun. Enjoy. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom, liturgical musician, podcast fanatic, heavy library user, and Colby parent ambassador. I have two lads and two lasses. The youngest is in fifth grade, the eldest is in 10th, and this is our fourth year homeschooling with Colby. And I'm Hope, Bonnie's younger sister and a Colby alumna in a phase of life after being a student, but before becoming a parent. I studied communication theory and philosophy in college, then I went to law school. Now I'm an attorney, an avid home cook, and the fun aunt to Bonnie's kids. All right, we have the pleasure of speaking with a group full of fun people today who are guiding the ship, Deborah Byarski, Megan Langle, Nicole O'Connor. Welcome, guys, to the Colby cast. Thanks for coming back to visit with us. Yay! Thank Thanks for having us. Here we are in February now, and it seems like we've got a ways to go yet in this school year, but we are also starting to look ahead to next year. So at this point, we thought it would be a good opportunity to look at how this school year is going from your perspective and where it's going. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I can speak for all of us saying certainly been a, a challenging, but also really exciting year, I think, for all of us. Yeah. Um, amazing growth. I mean, we're up well over a thousand students. Yeah. Um, and what that's allowed us to do because we have an extra thousand students, uh, the number of teachers we've added. I've got nine new advisors on staff, um, which is really you know, expanded. And they're all over the U.S., different states, different backgrounds. Um, really allowed us to bring a lot of new experience and excitement, enthusiasm to our team that we're going to be able to, you know, to continue to provide support to, to all our families. Yeah, we certainly could have used them back in August when things were going nuts, but things have leveled out and um, we seem to have things under control now despite the 60% increase in students this year, but we're, we really feel wow. um, blessed to have them all. So um it really has been a joy. And, and adding the K through five program, I'll let Nicole talk a little bit about that and all the, uh, the, new, the new students and, and the 14 new teachers that we have there. Yeah, I mean, it definitely exceeded all of our expectations. We started, you know, hoping that it would be a success and that we'd be able to carry down all of the joy and the goodness of the upper school down to the younger kids. And then in a few short months, we had a full thriving program and um, the families have just been amazing in adapting to this new model of education, our teachers in providing the Colby curriculum with a lot of passion and enthusiasm. Um, and I've just been very humbled being able to watch it all come together. So it's been really, really great. Fantastic. I know it has been a tremendous, there's been a lot that has gone into it. Congratulations to you all. Thank you for all of your work. I know it's made an enormously positive difference in so many families' lives. Thank you for for that. I know, um, you know, from my perspective and dealing with a lot of parents, unfortunately, unlike many past years, it was not the smooth sailing that some of those parents are used to dealing with. And that's been, you know, I think one of our our great sorrows and challenges this past fall was realizing that we didn't properly anticipate the level of growth that we'd be dealing with. And because of that, we didn't have the staff in place to provide that support for many of those families, both on the advising side and the bookstore side. Um, so one of the things we are excited about is the fact that we do now have that team in place uh, to make sure that the level of service and support that, that people expect uh, will be in place going forward. Yeah, and not only in our academic services department, but also in our book department, we've been able to hire into there as well. And I really anticipate, um, I mean, our, I, I was just looking at our bookshelves and they are well stocked. So, and, and, you know, it's February, so we have not even uh, started the, the large enrollment season yet. So we're ready for that. It's going to be great. It's going to be a good year. That's fantastic. I think seeing that Colby had been developing its online presence for a few years before the pandemic, hopefully gave people some um, reassurance in this year where nothing (laughs) seems 
familiar of like, okay, well, everybody, everybody's adapting to the pandemic. Um, it doesn't matter what your job is or who you are. Everybody's kind of trying to do the best they can with what they have. But at least you guys had a had a start to figuring out education online and things like that, that I think from what I've heard has been reassuring to people. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, when every school started going virtual, I remember thinking, oh, good, we won't be impacted. You know, we've been doing this forever. <laughs> well, smooth sailing. My job is going to be the same. Uh, well, obviously, that turned out very differently. But, you know, one thing that I am very thankful for that remained the same for Colby that maybe was not the same for many other schools was that we had already really worked hard to build a virtual community of Catholics and of a support system for people who were remote, who were homeschooling. And so while it was a very challenging year, very unpredictable, lots of flexibility and adaptability were needed. Um, I think a lot of families, my family included, were blessed by having that common thread um, in the midst of this year. That's true. And the COVID community has just continued to grow and really uh, come together through through the progression of the school year from the beginning to now. And it really has been neat to see how, how it has gelled and, and is continuing to grow and how people are seeing that this online community can be actual community. That that was one of the, the things that is that comes up so often, like, how can it be a community if it's a virtual school? How, how does that work? And we're seeing it unfold and it's proving itself. I love the technology side of it too, that like you were able to use that to build this connection with your coworkers because that, is not a small feat. Well, I think that's one of the obvious, the, the phrase silver linings has been tossed around a lot of the last several months, but certainly I think we've seen some of the grace of that. We, for, you know, 20 some odd years, our advising staff has been in this building here in Napa. Um, we had, you know, one or two advisors at various times who might've been remote, but the, the staff was always here. Uh, and we had, that's just the way it had always been, and, and that was the way it was always going to be, um, and, and everything was built around that. And all of a sudden, we got to a point, you know, this spring where that had to change because we weren't allowed to be in the same office um, anymore. So even people who had been here in the office, you know, were ending up working remotely around town. And then as a result of this explosion of growth, and we found ourselves needing to, we needed more advisors. Well, for the first time, because we'd spent the last six months working remotely because we've uh, really been working to adopt uh, new technology, in this case, Microsoft Teams for our office staff, we've been building out this infrastructure of how do we have an office that isn't physically located together, but still feels like this is our office and working together. And so as, as we bring on, I've brought on this whole new team of advisors, you know, we're, we're constantly meeting. We have, we have meetings regularly throughout the week. We're, we're chatting with each other all the time. Uh, you know, whether it's it's official chat discussions of what's going on and we're communicating about you know, different families, and how we can help them. And also that the the water cooler chat of just, you know, the the sharing uh, of memes and gifts and other stuff just as a part of kind of the Catholic life. Um, that's the, the basis of that forming the community that you're talking about. And I think that's been one of the great blessings as we start to as we built this out is that that internally we've been able to see that kind of community growing and developing among our people even as we're spread all over the united states uh, and so it, just as we've been seeing that development in the online um i tried community. to tell you it would work <laughs> you did, <laughs> i tried you did. to tell him i was like look i've been doing this with the online teachers just it'll be fine it'll be fine and then and it's going wonderfully you're doing a great job well and especially i think you know we'd been one of the hesitancies was we didn't we didn't really have the full technology to pull this off until really about a, a year and a half ago at this time, we just started using Microsoft Teams really? you know, last December. And we started yeah. building it out, heading, again, by the grace of God, we were, had been building this out three or four months in advance of the pandemic. Yeah. So we were we were already using this technology. And then we realized we've got the technology to do this. We've been doing this. We can, we can actually pull this off finally. Yeah. Um, where before and we now I've got all my teachers on Teams. Well, I'm getting there. If you're listening to this and you're not on Teams yet, one of my teachers, get on Teams. Send and me a if message. you're in the elementary department, good job. Yeah, the elementary department, man, they're rocking it out. Yep. So <laughs> they're always on there chatting about fun things. So. <laughs> well, it's always fun to hear that you guys are connoisseurs of gifts and memes. And if you have any 
tips on Zoom fatigue and the like what to don't, do when you don't do online classes all day long on Zoom. Have yeah. have smaller targeted of online classes that's targeted and then yeah and then book work that's I was actually talking about this with the teacher last night about how um, the way you run a meeting or for teachers, the way you run a class online has to be different because in a classroom, you can walk around. There's natural breaks. Same with meetings, right? Maybe you're in a meeting, but right now I'm like sitting back in my chair. Maybe I'll go walk, get a water. It's very natural. But when you're face is zoomed in on a screen, you're very much on the spot for that whole amount of time. So our teachers have to learn the pedagogy behind that. How do you provide yourself breaks while also instructing with your students in an online classroom? Um, And it's a really cool thing to see when they learn to engage the students and have the students take ownership and do the work, even though they are virtual in these Zoom type meetings. Um, But we also are very intentional with the amount of time we have the kids on on their um, online classes because that is a real concern. Want to give them a little teaser on next year's schedule for our K through five? Yeah, we're really excited. We, you know, this year we this was our first year with the schedule we put out. We talk, you know, we really thought out the schedule ahead of time, thinking about the students, their ages, how much time we wanted them online, but also, of course, balancing that with the amount of support we wanted to offer to the parents. Because, you know, we needed to offer enough time that it's a benefit of value to the parents. They're getting quality instruction, but we don't want idle time where they're online unnecessarily or they're dragging, you know, it's it's not good. So um, with that spirit, when we're going into next year, um, we made some improvements that I'm very excited about that still keep that same mentality of limited time, but provide some additional supports. So for um, K through two, this year they met just, um, they met three days a week and um, it was for math, English, and religion. And so that will remain the same, but they're going to have every day this opportunity to go into something called homework hangout with their teacher. And so they get to go with their classmates and do those offline assignments together um, ask a teacher if they have a question in hopes that, you know, for the parents who are home, you know, they're providing support for their kids. There's still that need, but the teacher's there to troubleshoot more with them. So, okay, you're writing your, your handwriting. Let me see your D, you know, is it backwards or forwards? Those little things where that immediate feedback is so essential. We can provide some more spaces within our school for them to do that. So that's the first improvement that we're very excited about. Um, for third through fifth graders. Some feedback we received this year um, was that people would like to see math differentiated and that they would like to see history and science occur every week, which was something that we definitely wanted to make happen, but it was a little bit of a Tetris puzzle because we didn't want the students and the teachers online all day, (laughs) Um, but we wanted to be able to group the students and provide that extra instructional time. So we came up with a great schedule that has the students online for about two hours, Monday through Thursday, and that'll include differentiated math. It'll include math, um, science, and history every week, and then the same subjects that they had this year. So religion, English, literature, all, all those same subjects will still be online. So, um, and we'll be offering kind of the same oh, homework. Oh, yes. Thing. How could I forget? Yeah. <laughs> so in addition, somehow we were magicians, basically, because somehow <laughs> we were able to. We also so in addition to to history and science being every week, they will have an opportunity to go to a homework hangout um, with you know to talk about their science. That we'll have a science and math homework hangout, and we'll have an English lit and history homework hangout. So say. Uh, your third graders working on their history homework and they really want to work on that specific assignment with some other kids who might have the same homework with the teacher who assigned the homework, they can drop into that homework hangout and, um, and do it with their classmates. So, yeah. And we'll be offering that every day at different times. So right. some different time zone friendly. So the, the whole schedule will be up on the website shortly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I kept telling Nicole that I had like K through five envy this year because, you know, she kind of got to take like the best of our six through 12 program and like just with a blank slate, 
create this K through five program. <laughs> and it's amazing. And I'm, but I've learned so much from them this year. So I'm taking a little bit of a piece of that homework hangout idea. We, we have a homeroom program in the six through 12 um, school. And for the most part, it was like a 45 minute meeting with the teacher. They would do some study skills, community building, that kind of thing. So um, for the most part, we're still going to, we're going to keep like the study skills part, you know, a little bit of that, um, a little bit of community building, but then the rest of it will be kind of like a study hall where they can work with their peers on homework that they have um, and interact with each other. So that'll be added to the, the homeroom component. Um, and then the other thing we're looking at doing is the homeroom teacher that the students have will actually work with the students to set goals like quarterly or, or every semester. And, and then while that study hall is going on, they'll meet with students like maybe to each each homeroom. So every quarter about um, the, each student would get to meet with the teacher once to kind of go over what their goals are, how things are going and, and give that kind of touch point um, for the students. So I'm really excited about that. Um, we went around and around on how to improve homeroom and to make it um, something that really means something that students want to come to and that benefit uh, immensely from coming to it. Um, and then on top of that, we are going to have a chapter of the National Honor Society. We got approved for that um, late fall. So um, I don't have the qualifications memorized. I think it's that you have to have a 3.5 GPA or above and at least four Colby Core honors courses per year that you've studied with or that you've been enrolled with us. And I think it's only open to, to 10th graders and above. So the big thing with NHS is service. Service is one of their pillars. And so you have to have like a school-wide service project to even get approved for a chapter. So what we're going to be doing is having our NHS students staff some peer tutoring. I don't know if you want to call it study halls. We haven't named it yet. We don't know what it's going to be called. Um, but we'll have one that's geared towards math and science and then one that's geared towards the humanities. And I don't know how frequently it will be, um, but the NHS peer tutors will be in there to help students, you know, with whether it's like looking over a paper, math problems, that sort of thing. So another way that we're offering support to our students from our own students, some of our really um, excellent students that are in NHS and need service hours and really um, are looking to help other kids that are in our school. So, yeah, very exciting. What an awesome idea to have the peer tutoring and it enriches all of the kids. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, we wanted to do this this peer tutoring model for, for quite a while and just never really had the, the right setup to make it happen. Um, and definitely, you know, I think an example of, of kind of, of God's grace of giving us the things we need at the times that we need them mm -hmm. is that when this, this NHS opportunity came along and we knew that there was this service part of it that was kind of that last piece of the puzzle we needed to make this happen mm -hmm. um, was to, to give us the right things in the right places uh, to put this together so i think it's something that we're really excited for as an opportunity to to build community and to to improve student learning um, you know as and especially that the the notion of of kind of that peer mentoring right just the older students to the younger students is so valuable in um in any sort of community yeah absolutely I remember telling Nicole last spring when we were like trying to create the program, right? I was like, no matter what we do, I'll tell you right now, it's not going to look like this next year because <laughs> you just, you do your best and then you yeah. learn. I mean, you immediately within a month you go, oh yeah, we should have done it that way. You know, so. Um, how do you to know, right? Exactly. I'll never forget the first week of classes because it was basically, you know, we had been playing with Excel sheets for several months. And it was kind of this hold your breath moment of, okay, like it launched and then it happened. You know, the, the teachers showed up to their classes and so did the, <laughs> and so did the students and our color coding worked. <laughs> yes, it was so exciting. And then it really has been beautiful to see, like you're saying, it, it unfolds and then those new opportunities pop up. So, oh, wow, you know, next year I could we could see so clearly how there was opportunities for growth um, while still really enjoying all that we're learning this year and yeah. what's happening this year. You know, I've been so thankful to the hard work my teachers have put in and really troubleshooting and finding ways to make the schedule work to its full potential as it is. And then looking forward to next year, looking for ways to take it to that next level as we plan to. 
I think the other aspect of that, just as far as the development growth is early on, we started and in the first couple of weeks, we had those K through five students ask us, well, what about clubs? The, the students in grade six through 12 have clubs. Why don't we have any clubs? And for us, it's just, we're just trying to survive this fall and get this up and running. I wanted to say to them, I'm like, do you know how long it took for me to offer clubs to 6 through 12? So, like, come on. You guys are two months in. I think it took two years with 6 through 12. I know. But, we've but got, we wanted we've, it But we have so exciting bad. news about the clubs there at the yeah, lower levels. we do. Yeah, very exciting. So, I mean, since day one, there has been interest in clubs for elementary because they're going so well with 6 through 12. And so, you know, Obviously, with the new program, the teachers really weren't in a place to offer them. Uh, we were trying to figure out where where can we make this happen. And one of our wonderful new academic advisors just launched two new clubs for our elementary program. And they're awesome clubs. I'm very excited. So she's offering a fitness friends club for kids, for some of the third through fifth graders to learn about, you know, being healthy and fit and kind of challenging each other in that way. And then she's also offering a home economics club where they're, um, some kids are going to come together, learn to bake and cook and sew things. I don't know, all the home ec things <laughs> that are, are really fun. So we, um, year one, launching our first two clubs. Very excited about we that. Did let the, we did let the K through five students audition for the Christmas concert. And True. the ones that were in were just awesome. So yes, that was so that cool. Really were. They really were. I was really impressed. That whole show was so enjoyable. I have so much admiration for everyone who had a part in that, both on screen and off behind the scenes. All the kids putting themselves out there like that. They really, they really did a fantastic job. And I love the new clubs. I when I saw the announcement about the home ec club in particular, I I was telling stories on myself taking home ec in middle school, like when I was in home ec, <laughs> I did this. And then what did you make it? I make that you remember. I think we did some sewing, but my standout memory from home ec is washing dishes after baking cookies in that class, and the teachers say, telling us, "No, you have to use hot water to wash the dishes." That are just like that oh. is like front and center of my memory. Then lots of there was something that we sewed. I, that is less prominent in my memory than the hot water thing. <laughs> well, you'd learn. <laughs> That's good. I remember we made fried rice and a cat in the hat hat. In <laughs> we, home ec? In home ec. It was so random. Well, fried rice, yeah. Fried rice fried is, is easy, delicious. right? The cracked egg. The, it, that I remember, but we had felt that we had to sew in a pattern to make a hat, like oh, the cat okay. in the hat. So, I guess it was a sewn one. Yeah. Gotcha. We made a wallet. I remember I made a wallet and I used that wallet for like seventh and eighth grade or, you know, for a year or two years. I never took home ec officially, but I was in this like girls club that my mom ran and it was like a Catholic girls, like there was a talk on a virtue and then you did some, usually it was cooking afterwards. But um, the one thing I remember is she had this friend who was from, I think she was from Brazil, if I remember it, but she was a fabulous cook and she came and made egg rolls. And like fried egg rolls, which, my, you know, my mom never fried, like deep fried anything. So this was like a totally new concept. And then I'd always, I'm like, mom, can we make those egg rolls from girls club? And she's like, no, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> it was a one-time special yeah, I was event. Like, oh, I'd be I the don't... same way. I'm like, oh no, I could not do the deep fried. <laughs> <laughs> right there with her. Yeah. Well, it's been great hearing about this, this year and already hearing about next year. It's that time of year when we're looking to next year. It's almost sometimes easier to look at next year than to hang in there with what we're working on this year, at least speaking personally, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. And you've told us that some great things to look forward to. What else do you have on the horizon? So we are going to be doing enrollment a little bit differently. So if you are a returning family, it, I mean, it pretty much looks the same, but we're going to open the application for new students, as well as the student enrollment form a little bit earlier. So what students will do is if they're new, they'll, they'll apply um, first. So they'll fill out the application. And then once the application is approved, they'll get a, a link to complete student enrollment. And you just, you basically put, um, you choose whether you're going to be a full-time student or a part-time student, um, but you don't choose your courses yet on that enrollment form. So that just gets you enrolled in Colby for being a Colby student. And then um, once course enrollment opens, what will happen is the students that are enrolled for full-time online will be sent to that course enrollment form first. So returning full-time online students. So if you were with us last year and you're gonna do full-time online next year, 
you'll get to have your um, course selections first. And then our returning full-time students who are not full-time online, but they're taking online classes um, will then be sent next. And then the new students will be able to go through and then part-time students are sent through at the end. So, and that'll all kind of happen within like a two to three week period. So, you know, we'll, we just start a little bit earlier. So what that does, it helps us internally also process those enrollments, those course enrollments a little more, you know, stepped instead of having everybody all at the same time. Um, but it also allows our full-time online students kind of the entire schedule to choose from because they've got to try to get all of their classes chosen from that, that all the, the courses that we offer. So just making sure they have a schedule that works for them. I don't anticipate really, except for maybe a few of Dr. Almanzar's classes, um, filling up. So I don't think anybody should panic that they're not going to get the classes they want. There'll be plenty of classes for everybody. And to be honest, if anything, if any single course, you know, fills up and there's not another section of it and it's March 5th, I'll be opening another section of it. So now if it's August 1st, then I can't help you. But if you enroll early um, and something, you know, all of a sudden we're just crazy full, um, we still have plenty of time to hire teachers and to offer additional sections. So, um, and I will make a little plug for hiring. If you are listening and you have experience teaching um, and you are interested in applying to teach for Colby, um, go to colby.org slash careers. Um, we already know that we're definitely gonna have some needs in our middle school math, um, middle school science, uh, Latin and high school Latin, oh, and elementary Latin. So most of our teachers are coming back next year as far as I'm, an, as I'm aware, but we had a lot of teachers that really just, they took on like six, seven, eight classes this year to kind of help, you know, absorb all the new students. So um, a lot of them were like, yeah, that was a lot. Let's, let's try to step it back to where I was the year before. So I already know I'm gonna need to hire a few more. So love to get some, some great applicants. It sounds like it's going to be a great year. I remember last year getting an email with the new course offerings coming out and, and perusing them with great interest. And, and some of that was inspiration for some of the episodes that we've aired already this season. So do you have any new course offerings to announce for next year? Um, so I guess one of the things is, so there were, we had a pretty small senior class, this, or we were supposed to have a pretty small senior class. And it was still smaller than, you know, normal. So we didn't offer quite as many AP classes that we normally would. So we're going to bring back AP Physics 1 and AP Chemistry. We're, I think we're going to bring back AP Stats. Um, we're also looking at offering AP Computer Science for the first time. And Mrs. Powers, if you've had Mrs. Powers, she's teaching it. So she actually used to teach it in uh, at a brick and mortar school. So we're going we're gonna to offer that. And the homeroom, the homeroom with the study hall thing is kind of, um, I mean, it's, it's still homeroom, but it's a new feature, if you will. We added fine arts this year, painting and drawing. Drama was new this year, so I anticipate offering those again next year. Those are pretty popular. So Latin in the elementary program will look a little different next year as well. So this year, with it being the inaugural year of the program, uh, being classical, we really wanted to give everyone an opportunity to be exposed to Latin. Um, and so we did that in a more fun manner where they watched a video before they came and they got to practice some exercises from the book. Um, we had them focusing on memorizing some Latin prayers. So looking into next year, though, you know, for the long term vision of the program, we want to we're going to take a more formal approach next year in that it will be um, an actual graded course. So we will have um, our fourth and fifth graders sign up for the course. Um, they'll have assignments. They'll have their designated time slot for their Latin class. And um, they'll make their way through the little Latin readers um, each year. Good deal. That sounds good. Should we talk about summer? Oh, yeah. We have summer. a lot of new summer course offerings. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So um, one, I always kind of glaze over summer because um, it, it's funny. It only takes you know, me a couple weeks to put summer enrollment together compared to the fall enrollment, which is its own beast. But and this year I had Nicole to help me, which was amazing. So she was um, helping me organize schedules and contact teachers. Um, so we're offering quite a few courses for our K through five students. Um, now, I, I don't want to disappoint every anybody, but I did let um, Dr. Almanzar have the summer off this year. So there will be no introduction to Latin. 
for students. But don't worry. I told him he has to come back the following summer. So he'll be back someday teaching summer <laughs> classes. Um, You're anyway. just too popular, Jordan. Yeah, I guess uh, <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, my favorite offering for myself. So for the first time ever, there will be a Langle officially enrolled at Colby next year. Um, my oldest will be starting there in ninth grade. So the reason I like this course offering for summer is that it is the student orientation course taught by a teacher, like live, and they end the course with their student orientation certificate. So instead of mom and dad prodding them through the course, you know, at, a, at the self-paced rate um, in August, and that one's only once a week, you know, for yeah, four weeks. It's, it's perfect. It's once a week. It gets them to practice the technology and gets them set up. Yeah. With friends. They can make right. friends. Exactly. A lot of schools do that like over the summertime and it's a good way for them to for the kids to get to know each other. And then, then they start in the fall. It's like, hey, I know you. And yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. Moms are always more strict than anybody else. I remember in ninth grade honors biology, I always wanted Megan to grade my biology tests because <laughs> I got better grades than when our mom <laughs> graded them. And Mrs. Langle was not an easy grader either. <laughs> I feel really <laughs> old now. <laughs> but yeah, so the um the summer orientation courses, they'll they're gonna be done by like two grade levels at a time. So, oh, we did middle school yeah. together, maybe six through eight. I can't remember now. Anyway, it's on our website. They're paired by grades. They're paired by grades. <laughs> I'm excited because we also have a lot of skills-based courses um, for K through 12. So, you know, we'll have some phonics and early reading boot camps for our younger kids, and then we'll have composition and grammar as they start to get, you know third, fourth, and fifth, and then more for the middle school, and then research and MLA, and, you know, just expanding their knowledge as they get to high school. And then for math, we'll have some math facts boot camps for the younger elementary, and then we'll have some algebra readiness courses for um, for students. As they, Is that the highest level math for the summer? Yeah, the highest level math is algebra two readiness. So that would be any student that is getting ready to take algebra two, really, in the fall. Yeah. One other type of course that I'm excited about is we're going to offer a few novel studies this summer for the elementary students. So some elementary students love reading already, which is wonderful. And some need a little more social pressure or encouragement. So I know I want to, I want my children to just, you know, read for pleasure, but also have an opportunity to chat about some books with friends over the summer. So we have those two. Do you want to tell them which ones? Sure. So for uh, second and third graders, they are going to be reading Peter Pan, so, we'll, um, so that'll be fun. And then for third and fourth, they'll be reading Mr. Popper's Penguins. And then the fifth and sixth grade novel study will be Call of the Wild. So a good range, good for yeah. everyone. <laughs> Something for everyone. Yeah, and I promise I'll bring back the Lord of the Rings book study next summer. Not this summer, next summer. When Dr. Almanzar is back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll do Narnia, I, I and then we'll know. do. <laughs> I thought you said maybe Hunger Games. Or maybe Hunger Games. Yeah, that was on one of the episodes. Is yeah. titled the Hunger Games because Charlie was on there, and he, That's right. he, took he that did course. that one. Yeah, yeah. on memories of that one. Yeah. And one of the big plugs I was going to toss in there, as far as the those summer courses goes, especially for those families who have students or who are new to Colby and are coming in in. You know, either that they're a rising ninth grader or coming in high school. Those, I think, those composition boot camp and grammar boot camp courses are really, really great um, because many families who come to us, they maybe they haven't had a strong background in grammar or composition, and that's a great way to kind of get them kicked off to some of the things that, that maybe our families who have been with us for a while um, in coming through that have been getting, and so they can come in, they have those same grammar skills, the same composition skills, they're ready to go. And then it's also the same, it's a great way to get to know the technology, to meet some of the, the people, meet the teachers, meet, meet other students. Um, so I'm a big fan of that for students, especially if you're new to Colby. I think it's a great way to, to come in uh, there for that, the composition boot camp and that grammar boot camp heading into high school. Speaking of that, I forgot, we're also offering study skills for fourth and fifth, sixth and seventh, eighth and ninth. And then high school. So yeah, yeah, middle and high school. So that's another one if you're a new student moving to online, you need to have good study skills. And that's something our teachers work really hard in the first quarter to help students get the hang of, but having a leg up over summer is always helpful. It's great. And it seems like having 
those classes over the summer can also help especially new students figure out their workspaces like we had a an episode about figuring out where your desk is and even things like um, I've had trouble with computers where there's a glare coming in from a window and figuring out oh okay before I'm doing a, more of this during the school year or just kind of get situated with the technology, meet my teachers, and also figure out, oh, I'm a lefty. I have all of my pencils on the right side of my desk. Why am I doing that? I'm reaching across myself every day. This is this is not a personal story. Why would you think it is a personal story? <laughs> <laughs> it helps you get all the kinks out, right? Like just kind of those random things that if you have those out of the way during the first week of school, it's going to be a lot less stressful because it, it doesn't matter, you know, it, it the first week of school is always stressful for anybody who starts anywhere new or returning. It doesn't matter. You know, it's always like, oh, getting back into the swing of things. So if you have things like, you know, where you can stand in your room where you can't hear your siblings or your dog <laughs> barking, you know, just figuring out that kind of stuff can make the, the beginning of the school year even even more smooth. Yeah. And it's really a safe, like low risk trial for you, too, because there's not really a lot of homework, if any. Most of our summer classes don't have homework. They do sometimes put some in just so the kids can practice submitting things and get those skills. And so it's not, you know, the hustle and bustle of, of fall where the expectations increase quite a bit. Can kind of reduce that unknown factor. There's a little more the familiarity with how it works can dial down whatever nervousness might come from that piece of it when the semester gets going. I certainly think the, all those sound fantastic. The writing courses for the older students sound particularly useful from my perspective, being in the high school with our oldest child now, and the next one will be entering next year. So seeing what's coming down the pike that I think those courses are especially suited to help people get a grasp of, of kind of what they're in for <laughs> in a very good way and see how that can really help them get off on the right foot for the for the coming years. We we have a lot of if there's any prospective families listening and they want to learn more, go a little more in depth, we have a lot of webinars set up like open house webinars, deep dive webinars on the homeschool program, deep dive webinars on the K through 5 online program, a deep dive webinar on the 6 through 12 online program. So we have all of those coming up. Um, the next cycle of those, I believe, is at the end of February. I don't have the dates in front of me. And then another event that we offer, which is really fun, and we actually have one going on this week, um, the week of February 8th, um, is Shadow Week. And that is an opportunity for students in the 6th, if you're a prospective student for 6 through 12, to come in and actually attend live with our students um, some of our online classes. So um, the next one of those, since it's probably too late to join this week's, but the next one of those, there's one um, the first week of March, March 1st through 4th. So you can go to our website to get more information on that and to register for it. And then we also have, do you want to, do you want to talk about the vacations week? Sure. I think one of the events, the new events that we've got going on this year for the first time is we're going to be hosting a vocations week. Um, and so that's something that we've been working on with my advising team to, to put together a group of uh, priests and religious who are going to be joining us for a series of events throughout the week, talking about how to discern a vocation and what are some of the, the elements that you should consider. Um, they'll be telling some of their own personal vocation stories, how they came to the discernment process, which is very different for each one of them. And we're specifically targeted different groups. So we have uh, religious priests and we have secular priests, parish priests. Um, and then we have a variety of different groups of, of religious, both uh, priests and, and religious sisters, who will be joining us to talk about their orders specifically as well, to, to get the exposure to, to kind of everything that's out there. We've been talking to some Colby alums uh, and talking about their experiences with Colby. We are speaking with two uh, sisters, one a full professed sister and one who's currently in formation here in the Diocese of Santa Rosa the Marian Sisters of Santa Rosa, and we were talking to them about their experiences going through Colby because they're both had experience with Colby going through school. And I think hearing their experiences and how it led them, opened them up to being ready to to hear the call of God To uh, was, was great. I think what really spoke to me that fit in for why we're doing this vocation this week was one of them talked about how one of the key aspects for her was seeing and meeting and interacting with this order. So they, they, they've read about saints who are 
religious, but they may or may not have had an opportunity to actually interact with religious. And so for her, the kind of the last piece fitting in was, oh, there are real people who are doing this right now. Um, and because of that, I know I could be one of those, not just this, that was something that the saints did, but that was something that I could be one of those. And ex the experience of it, particularly in you know, this order and many of those orders, just radiate joy. And there's nothing I think more attractive for a young person than being around a, a priest or a religious who has that, that sense of joy so they can see that, you know, being a priest or being a religious, well, yes, there's great sacrifice involved, of course. Um, there is also a great joy associated with answering that call, uh, that specific call to holiness. So that's something that we're really excited about coming up. Uh, we'll have a series of talks throughout the week, an opportunity to meet uh, priests and religious, talk about discernment in general, talk about those specific groups. Uh, and then we'll also have going on alongside that, we'll be sending out some invitations to have kind of prayer support throughout that week. We're going to be asking people from the entire Colby community to be praying for our students and the success of this week. One of the, the exciting things that we always enjoy at the end of every school year is we had a list of students who are where our seniors are going off to. And in addition to them applying to a variety of colleges, they're also applying to seminaries and applying to a variety of various religious orders. And our vocations rate is is really high comparatively. You know, we every every year we're averaging probably two to three percent of our students who are at least applying to some form of religious life. And if you took those numbers and applied them to private schools across America, our vocation crisis would be solved. Um, so that's something that we're really passionate and excited about to to continue to get out there to to our students. And, and to be clear, this is something that's open to the entire Colby community. And you and, and my Colby community, you don't even have to be a Colby student. If you are in any way affiliated with Colby, just you're listening to these podcasts, you're on our mailing list, uh, you do not have to be enrolled with Colby to be a part of this. Uh, so please join us in attending the events. Please join us in praying for the students and everybody participating. Um, when we were, Megan and I were walking in, we ran into Diane, Diane Muth, for those of you who may have talked to her in advising, but one of the original founders here at Colby. Um, and she was talking about, you know, the fruits to come out of Colby from the beginning. And the one thing she mentioned was she had wished she had talked about the vocations because there's just been so many vocations that have come out of it. Yeah, and a couple of those presenters will be Colby alums themselves um, who will be actually presenting at that week. People who graduated from Colby talking about their vocation story and how that led to you know, them being open and then following that. And that's the last week of February, correct? Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, I didn't give the date. Right, that'll, that'll be the last week of February uh, coming up there. And we'll have more information going out uh, via email over the next uh, couple of weeks with information, especially those signups for the prayers and the full schedule so you can have access to that. There's a book on the Colby primary literature list called The Bells and Cells that is beautifully illustrated. It's like this in real life. Eager to hear hear them speak. That'd be fantastic. We try to find opportunities to highlight the Colby difference, so to speak, in all the vast array that Colby can offer to families. And hearing all that you have going on and that you have planned speaks to that. When you hear the expression, the Colby difference, what comes to mind? You know, I was just talking to my new advisors about this today. I think one of the things for me was that we were able to do, unlike most schools, is we have the opportunity we can actually talk about grace um, and the role that grace plays in our life, you know, and how that can be infused in everything we do. In, in this case, I was talking to them. We were talking about the services that we provide as far as college counseling. And, and specifically, one thing that, that Colby does that I've never heard anybody else do is we talk about how college counseling being a discernment process. And we can actually talk about how the importance of of prayer and being open to God's will in your life in that process, because it's really about where is God calling me to be. Um, so I think that's one of the big things for me is that we have the the ability to, because of who we are as Catholics, that that grace can infuse every part of our action. We can talk about the role of sacramental grace uh, the day before we were talking about mission and philosophy and talked about the fact that you know, parents often come to us and tell us that they're not sure that they can do this, that they can you know take on this role. And we can respond with, well, you know, first of all, the Catholic Church is very clear that the parents are the primary educators of their children. And the amazing thing about that is that not only is that, that a, a duty and a right, but it's also a grace. Is that as Catholics, we have, there's a specific grace for this. It's called the sacrament of matrimony. The, the, of course, the primary grace is, is, is husband and wife. But one of the key aspects of Catholic marriage is the, the bringing up of children. Um, and specifically the bringing up children of faith. So the, the grace of the sacrament of holy matrimony is available to you as parents when you are homeschooling your children. 
you know, you aren't just doing this on your own. You can you can draw back to that fountain of grace that comes to sacraments. I'm really excited about my own children starting the journey in Colby next year. And, you know, it'll be one at a time. I have four kids and, um, you know, for us, you know, in order for me to do this job, my, my kids have been in a Catholic, a brick and mortar Catholic school, but by the time they get to ninth grade, they're very independent. We'll be heavily utilizing the online courses. We may do a few homeschool for the subjects that I know he's a little more independent in. You know, obviously I'm very involved in hiring all the teachers and setting curriculum and expectations and all that. And so I just know how amazing it is. And I'm so excited for him to start. And, you know, he's a typical middle school student, you know, a little bit like, well, all my friends are going over here. And I'm not worried about the social piece. He has lots of friends and plenty of extracurriculars. And even with COVID, he still manages to have several extracurriculars. So he'll be fine. Um, And I know once he's in it, he's going to love it. And just like this vocations week, I just see all of that coming together. And one of our family's resolutions this year was we do a, a family rosary at least every week. And so we're trying to focus in on each decade's like focus on praying for that particular child's vocation, like that to discern what it is. And, and then we always say like, and if it's marriage, we pray for their future wife. And then everybody kind of giggles, you know, so um, <laughs> our future spouse, you know, so anyway, so I see, so I hear Everett, you know, talking about this and then like just seeing how my own family is going to be involved. And I just, it, it's grace. It, it truly is. It's just going to be such a grace. So, and I've gotten a little taste of that grace with my own children being in the online program this year. And I mean, I've seen all of that. I would say the Colby difference for me. I mean, there's so many things, but seeing my kids thrive and how when we start our homeschool week with them taking religion in the online class and how that centers our week and what that does for our family. It's not just the kids. They're not the only ones getting the benefit of those religion classes because as their parent, even though, you know, the instruction occurs in their online class, We talk about it in the evening at dinner. It carries with us throughout the week. It's integrated into their other subjects. You know, we're learning about history and then, you know, we connect that to what they read. Um, What are we learning about Jesus this week or, or the religion lessons? It's such a unique and powerful education. It is hard work. And the thing is, work is good. Hard things are good. That has been our motto this year. Obviously, I'm working a lot um, with launching this program. My children are also working a lot. And it's been really beautiful to see because I think sometimes our culture can have a shy away from hard things. You know, if it's hard, uh oh, you know, we should make it easier. But instead, what I've seen in my children is this education is much more challenging than one they've received previously, but they've risen to the occasion and they're more confident. Um, My third grader is just beaming with all of the new things she's learned this year, all of the things that she gets to show off to her classmates. They made these dioramas and I mean, she was giddy getting to go on screen and share her projects. So um, and I was there to witness it. So I I really can't say enough good things about the exhaustion I feel, but also (laughs) the grace that's carrying me through and um, the beauty that's come into our home because of it. We had the pleasure of visiting with Everett on episode number 11, Truth, Wisdom, and Virtue, and he went into Colby's history, mission, and philosophy, and he touched on what classical and content, Ignatian and method, and subsidiarity, various concepts and terms and phraseology that we use in in the Colby community. So for more discussion on the distinguishing features of Colby and the Catholic classical homeschooling realm, that's a good episode to go back and listen to for more information on that. It's been Great to hear what's what's coming down the road, and it's sure been fun visiting with you all. And anything that we've missed so far that you want to include before we go? I just want to circle back to what uh, Nicole just said because of this also came up. We mentioned we've been talking to to interviewing a variety of people about their Colby experiences, and one thing that really jumped out to me was one of the Colby alums, again one of the sisters, spoke to the fact that about how being homeschooled changed their family. Um, I think that was really touching to me. What she spoke about how the fact is, is, is they had this common bond as a family. Uh, obviously they're spending a lot of time together as a family. And that's one of the things that sometimes you know, maybe you, you don't get as much of if, if you're doing a, a more traditional school environment because you tend to spend time with, with your peers and less with your family. 
Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but one thing she just clearly identified uh, as a benefit to them was this relationship and bond that they developed together as a family. Uh, and she identified, she told one of my the best stories I've ever heard in my entire life uh, was that when times when she was maybe a little bit distracted or bored in class, which I'm sure never happens to any of your students, she would, knowing that her siblings were going to be reading her books after her, she would write notes in them to her siblings to read in future years. Um, <laughs> oh my so, God. So, so that, like, that's amazing. And then, of course, she followed up with them, you know, uh, after she had graduated and moved on, being and one of her siblings as a, as a younger brother. And, she, and so she asked me, you know, hey, did you get those notes? She said, yeah, they were kind of dumb. <laughs> um, you know, th thanks, little brother. But but she specifically mentions the <laughs> friendship she had with her brother as a result of this common bond of having of, of spending time together and going through these things and working together and how her her friends who weren't homeschooled were really puzzled by the idea that she would be friends with her brother. Like, like that was just as baffling to them. But for me, it was really touching that I think that should hopefully that's our goal. You know, you hope that your children develop friendships with each other, deep lasting friendships, not not just the bond of being a sibling, but also a friendship. Uh, and so I think that was something really exciting for me to hear her identifying that as being a particular grace that their family benefited from. Great. Yeah, that's a really neat story. And we have had a similar experience with the bonding among the family, the strengthening of the family relationships here, how people deal with each other and, and take care of each other here. And it, we've seen that in sharp relief from our previous experience to where we are now. We've brought that up before in previous episodes. It's neat to hear that story about that sister to your siblings. I love that. I'm not quite sure. I'm still trying to work out how to get that grace for my family. I was just uh, about as, to as ask. My, my boys are, are especially, and may, maybe this is just related to everything we've been going through this past year. Yeah. Uh, my boys don't seem to be there yet, uh, but you know, we're uh, it, it's only one year of doing this, so so we'll see how that goes. So I think they're more at the point of ready to kill each other than they are at the best friends, but uh, we'll see. We all have our moments. It's so fun visiting with you guys. We go on and on. Thank you so much. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.